Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus back in on the emerging markets as we will examine where countries are in the economic cycle, the implications to risk assets, and what fixed income investors might expect over the next few months. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Alejo Zerwanko, Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets America's with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, welcome back. Always great to be with you. Looking forward to our conversation today. Good morning, Dan. It's terrific to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And Alejo, I know as we do on a monthly basis, our conversation will tie right into the monthly flagship publication authored by your team, Investing in Emerging Markets, the title for the publication which we'll be citing today, The Next Stage in the Cycle. So with that in mind, Alejo, I'll ask you up front, how are you assessing the health of emerging economies almost 18 months into the pandemic, and in which stage of the economic recovery cycle do these countries stand? Definitely. As you know, Dan, our team tracks a whole range of economic and financial indicators in emerging markets. What we've noticed recently is that manufacturing activity continues to expand. Exports, imports are growing quite healthily. Retail sales are also increasing. Yet the reality is that most indicators are growing at a slower pace than just a few weeks ago. So what we're seeing is that the reopening of economies and the recovery of activity carries on, yet with somewhat weakened momentum. In addition, similar to what's going on in the U.S., inflation pressures have picked up as of late in emerging markets. Now, contrary to the Fed, which remains fairly dovish, several emerging market central banks have turned markedly more hawkish. Take the cases of Brazil, Russia, and Mexico, for instance. These central banks have raised interest rates by quite a bit more than the market was originally expecting. This is, of course, good news for the ability of these countries to bring inflation under control, but it's not ideal for growth since it tightens financial conditions in these countries. So looking ahead, we should continue to see a macroeconomic improvement in emerging markets in a context of still ample global policy support, high commodity prices, and an accelerating vaccination drive. Indeed, when you look at those countries vaccinating the fastest these days, you will find China, Turkey, Brazil, Mexico uh, at the top of the chart, for instance. That said, there are risks related to the emergence of variants, as you know that. There's a lot of talk about the Delta variant these days, and emerging markets do look vulnerable to, uh, you know, these developments, particularly because the vaccination levels are still not ideal. And there has been a lower adoption of mRNA shots, which so far seem to be the most effective at fighting this this variant. So taking it all together, Dan, uh, we think Emerging economies will continue to recover, but probably with somewhat weaker momentum. And importantly, we need to keep a very close eye on the virus variants and their impact on major emerging markets in Asia, Latin America, and of course, 
the Middle East and Africa. So Alejo, with that outlook in mind, and you mentioned some key considerations, you spoke about inflation pressures, what that in turn means for monetary policy, economic growth, though also coupled with the variant strain and vaccination levels in these countries. What does this all mean, Alejo, for investing in emerging market equities? Uh, Certainly, Dan. Let's first consider earnings. In our analysis, the fundamentals of emerging market companies remains quite healthy overall. Corporate earnings so far this year are coming in strong, and our expectation for forward earnings remains positive as well. Next, let's take a look at valuations. What are these telling us? While valuations in absolute terms don't look particularly cheap, Emerging market equities continue to trade at what we think is an unjustified discount to U.S. equities of close to 35% on a forward P.E. basis. As we discussed earlier, the macroeconomic environment should remain relatively constructive with economic activity recovering, commodity prices staying high, and vaccination programs expanding. As a result, then, we expect emerging market equity prices to trend higher in coming months. Now, within the asset class, we maintain a preference for value stocks, which we think look relatively cheap and should benefit from a higher interest rate environment globally in coming months, as well as supportive commodity prices. And at the country level, there's uh, one change that I wanted to highlight, and that is that we recently upgraded Mexico to most preferred uh, within emerging markets. Mexico is a beneficiary of this strong U.S. recovery, as well as of an improving domestic environment as of late. So that's the baseline scenario. Of course, there are risks to this baseline scenario. And I would highlight that if the Fed were to remove monetary accommodation earlier than expected, that, of course, would be a problem for emerging market equities. That would be a a headwind to, to performance. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, new lockdowns triggered by developing variants of the disease is something that we need to track very closely. Uh, and of course, if we see a, an environment with a stronger U.S. dollar, a meaningfully stronger U.S. dollar, that would also be problematic for emerging market equities. These are not baseline scenario projections, but these are risks. To, to be to be considered then. Quite a few risks there, Alejo, to keep in mind, though now that we have a good sense for what the path forward might look like for equity investors, maybe we can spend a moment here, talk about the bond market. Now, U.S. Treasury rates hitting multi-month lows this week, and the next few months could very well be challenging for fixed income investors. So, Alejo, what is the outlook for emerging market bonds in particular? You're spot on, Dan. Uh, the reality is that U.S. Treasury rates have uh, collapsed in, in recent days. We think that this move is mostly technical in nature and not sustainable. In our expectation, U.S. 10-year rates will end 2021 at a level closer to 175 or 2% than today's 1.3%. So let's take that as uh, the baseline scenario. What this means is that forward-looking returns for fixed-income investors look relatively bleak in coming months, right? And emerging market bonds are no exception. Starting with emerging market bonds denominated in U.S. dollars, the spread they offer is low relative to history. Spreads are trading quite tight. 
Now, the overall yield on offer is still decent at almost 5%, yet all in, we think a neutral stance is appropriate given the asset class's long duration profile, therefore how sensitive these bonds would be to an increasing interest rate environment, particularly in the U.S. We also think that a neutral stance is appropriate for local currency emerging market bonds, although we do recognize that their valuations have become more attractive in recent weeks as markets start to price in higher policy rates in, in emerging markets. Taking it all together, then we think emerging market bonds are good portfolio diversifiers. They are a decent source of yield, but they will face the same headwinds that most global fixed income will, particularly given our expectation of higher U.S. Treasury interest rates uh, in coming months. Well, Alejo, thank you very much for the guidance there on asset allocation and consideration of the current environment, coupled with what the next few months might have in store for fixed income investors. Very productive conversation this morning. There's a lot here to keep an eye on. There's a lot we can follow up on. So with that in mind, we'll certainly look forward to picking back up our monthly emerging markets conversation with you in just a few weeks. Though, so, Alejo, thank you again for your time and insight today. Always appreciate it. Anytime, Ben. Great, great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, today we've been joined by Alejo Zerwanko, Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Now, as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. Uh, These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication which Alejo has been making reference to during our conversation on today's podcast, uh, that being the monthly Investing in Emerging Markets flagship of the title, The Next Stage in This Cycle. So for clients of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topic or receive a copy of that publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.